We've got a whole team of people. We got Marku. We got the guru who you're going to hear later. And here's how this works we may not be from around here, but we live here now. And this is a great sports town, and we love the sports scene. So we're bringing some of that East Coast energy into the Seattle sports scene, and I hope you'll come along with us. So here's the deal you can count on us to be homers. We're here to cover the teams, we're here to analyze the decisions, we're here to second guess everybody. But make no mistake, we're rooting for Seattle every time. Unless they're playing the Phillies, of course. So that's it. All your Seattle sports, all in one pod. If it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in the wash. All right, we got a big show today. Let me bring in my man, Mark Koo, right away. Mark Koo, of course, from the Seattle Sports Twitter account. That's at Seattle's Sports with an S in the middle. Mark Koo, good to talk to you again, man. Oh, great to be here, Lestro. Thanks for having me back. Are you, uh, are you staying cool? It's been, it's been a hot one out here uh, this past weekend. Dude, I'm not. I'm not used to it out here in Seattle. We don't have AC for for folks that don't realize this. Uh, the PNW, there's no AC around here, so it's, it's tough on these dog days. Yeah, it's real warm. You know, it's funny though. I had a friend out for the weekend from uh, the East Coast. Actually, uh, grew up with him. A good friend of mine. Uh, he lives in North Carolina now, and it was hot in the weekend. And I was like, man, it's 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 a hot one. You know. He was like, what are you, yeah. crazy? You know, like it's a, <laughs> yesterday when I left, it was 100 degrees with 90% humidity. And I'm like, oh, well then enjoy, you know? So I, I forget that sometimes. I've been out here so long that I become acclimated where I'm like, all right, it's not that bad. Oh, uh, no, give me that mild weather back though. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, my <laughs> traditional Seattle summer. Bring it back in. Let's get these nights cooler quicker. Absolutely. Well, this week, uh, Marku, the weather wasn't the only thing heating up. Uh, we got a big show, of course. We're going to talk about the, uh, the the Mariners' trade deadline. They made some moves. They're actually streaking right now. Uh, the the Seahawks, well, maybe not streaking, but uh, the, the Seahawks have opened camp. Uh, Guru's going to join us for a quarterback preview. We got some Sounder stuff. Uh, Megan Rapino is back down there for the rain. Uh, we'll talk about if that helped or not. We got our South Sound review. But, uh, of course, we want to start off with the uh, with the Mariners. This week, as I was just saying, uh, the, was the uh, the a trade deadline for the Seattle Mariners for all of baseball. Uh, and this is the first year where there's no waiver wires either. So we are just uh, what happens now happens. And these are the uh, the teams they've they've got for the rest of the season. And as expected, the Mariners were sellers. Uh, hard to believe at, uh, what are they, 145 games back that they're not buyers this year. But uh, the Mariners, of course, were sellers and made uh, made a couple moves at the deadline and, uh, and one or two just before the big move, of course, is that the uh, the man of the hour from uh, from last show, uh, Mike Leake, uh, was actually sent to the Diamondbacks uh, for minor leaguers uh, for a minor league infielder, a guy named Jose Caballero. Is that right? Yeah, Caballero. That's right. So this uh, this trade we kind of saw coming. He was one of their few tradable assets uh, going into the break, and after, of course, pitching that near perfect game uh, two weeks ago. Mike Leak was on everybody's radar once again. And so uh, the big man moves. Uh, we get Caballero. What do you know about him? Caballero is good, man. He's a 22-year-old who uh, who's hit 268 in the past. With, uh, you know, he's not a home run getter, but he gets a lot of stolen bases. 
Uh, he played 43 games at the Class A. Uh, you know, just, he's been a little sidelined with injuries since May with a wrist injury, but he's been cleared to play and all that stuff uh, for rookie league uh, coming up soon. Uh, so, you know, he starts play, actually playing again this Thursday. So, uh, you know, uh, kids young, good potential. You know, gives us a little bit more depth. Uh, Mike Leak, you know, was a great asset for us the last couple of years. But uh, as that's the uh, right word. Yeah, you know, this at this point we gotta, you know, the, we're going through the process, and I think this is a good little pickup for the team. Yeah, it's not bad. He's got a lot of salary. He's not a. It's not doing him any good here. He's actually having a pretty good year. He's going to go to the Diamondbacks and help them try and make a, a run in the National League. Uh, I'm, they're of course going for the wild card because they are not. Uh, they're not catching the Dodgers. Uh, but uh, they are in the wild card hunt like most of the rest of the National League at this point. Uh, and have just let's see where are they? The Diamondbacks are fifty four and fifty five, so they're uh, they're trying to make their run this year. Uh, so we'll see what happens there for him. Uh, great time here uh, for him, not great, but uh, nice to have him here in Seattle uh, for a couple of years. Best for him to to go there. I look forward to seeing what this new kid can do. Uh, uh, this is all about prospects, all about seeing uh, what happens. So good trade for the Mariners. You know, get uh, get more prospects, get rid of uh, older salary and veteran guys that. Uh, can't help us when we're not making a run. Let them go somewhere that can. So the other big deal was they also dealt uh, left-handed reliever uh, Elias and right-handed uh, right-hander Hunter Strickland to the Nationals for uh, another trio of minor league pitchers. So just uh, doing some unloading of salary on this one, right? Yeah, basically unloading some salary, um, but also picking up a few good young prospects. Uh, our GM Depoto he he believes that these guys will you know give them a lot more depth in the farm system this year. Uh, the, you know, we've gotten better. Uh, you know, we're getting a lot of players playing time in the you know in the majors, but get, getting these kids, you know, acclimated to the minors and getting the, you know getting that farm system rejuvenated. Uh, it's kind of that was kind of the whole purpose of this team. Get rid of these, you know, the, the salary dumps and all that stuff. We we got a few young guys uh, that you know that will be able to help immediately, like Taylor. I think Gilbu. I can't even say his name. Yeah, uh, he's it a looks, lefty. Looks French, uh, Gilbo yeah. or something like that. Gilbo, yeah, he he will be able to make uh, you know uh, an appearance right away. And the other two guys, uh, Elvis Arado and uh, Aaron Fletcher, they they're going to be in the sense of Tacoma soon. So just uh you know the process. You, it's, yeah, it's I'm sure we'll see them. Deadline. I'm sure we'll see them in September yeah. anyway. These guys uh, like this, they'll want to bring up and get a chance. And it's not like the Mariners. It's all audition all the time from here on out. Exactly. It's all about the process at this point, getting these young guys a chance and getting rid of these old guys that, that really you know don't matter at this point. Not going to be around next year anyway. No, now they do still have a few of the older guys. Uh, D. Gordon didn't move probably because of his injury uh, that he picked up. Uh, Vogelback still here, uh, uh, of course, uh, and uh, and Santana actually didn't move either. Uh, nice to see him still right. on the team. I'd like to see him next year too, uh, stay with yeah. the Mariners. Big bat out there. He's also one of the guys that's fun to watch at the park. So, you know what? This team, a lot of prospects. You want to see guys that are fun to watch uh, out there as well. Uh, they've also got, hey, speaking of fun to watch, you saw that J.P. Crawford throw, right? Oh, my goodness. That was, that's, that's like the throw of the year. Seriously, that, that is going to be the play of the year. And it's, a, it's just ridiculous. Great play. If you haven't seen it, go search it out. I'm sure if you just Google J.P. Crawford throw, uh, it'll show falling down from his ass across the field, gets the guy at first. Just great defensive play. Um, but sorry, distracted there for a second because I thought about great play. Uh, <laughs> no, then, that's great. Then, uh, 
this uh, this weekend actually the Mariners before the deadline uh, saw some action. There was a after the uh, the tenth inning victory on the, over the Tigers on Sunday afternoon, part of a sweep of the Tigers uh, here in town. Nice a uh, nice little sweep to get. Tigers one of the few teams in baseball worse off than the Mariners at the moment. Uh, but uh, you got to beat those teams, and we did. Uh, but after the uh, the ten inning victory on Sunday afternoon, uh, utility man Christopher Negron was uh, was traded. Uh, to the to the Dodgers uh, for uh, minor league infielder Daniel Castro. This was the Dodgers' big move, of course, uh, to try and put them over the top and win the World Series because they didn't do shit at the deadline. So we'll see how yeah, that I'm goes. Little, I'm a little confused about that trade for the Dodgers' point of view. I'm, you know what? I'm really happy with a lot of the trades that we made this uh, at the off you know at the trade deadline because we got rid of players that you know aren't gonna be you know franchise makers or anything. Like yeah, that. these aren't these aren't guys like that. that are cornerstones. Exactly. So they're not quarterstone players and all that stuff. But but you know the Negron trade very really confused me for the Dodgers because the guy's thirty three years old. He played most of the year in Tacoma. Uh, he did great for the team. I love I love watching him with Tacoma and all that stuff. But just a really surprising move to give up a you know a prospect for a guy like that. Yeah, must just need a bench bat. Good return for the uh, for the the M's though. Nice to nice to pick up another prospect or uh, minor league infielder Daniel Castro heading down to uh, Tacoma. We'll probably see him in September too. Like we said, all audition all the time now for the Mariners. Mm-hmm. So, I love the trade deadline because you know it just makes other teams desperate to make moves, and it gives us you know good good opportunity to pull in a lot of to really fill in that that, that that farm system we have. Well, the the absolute big move at the trade deadline does kind of affect the Mariners here, and that was of course Zach Grinky going to the Houston Astros uh, in the division. Now the Astros, of course, leading the division by a, a country mile. Uh, right now, really just no one close. Let's see, the Astros are, are eight games up on the A's, who are still hanging around because they're apparently the A's. Uh, the Astros pick up Zach Grinky to solidify their rotation of Verlander, Grinky, and Garrett Cole. Uh, and I know that I know that Verlander and Grinky are signed through 2021 on that. I'm not sure how long Cole is there, but that's uh, that's going to... Having them in your division for the next couple of years is kind of a good thing we're not trying to win, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, I mean that's why it's like that. That's right. Means nothing to me. We're in the process, like deep into the process right now. So, great, you can be on the Astros as long as he doesn't stick around for too long. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. I mean, we're really thinking 2021 with the Mariners team anyway. Yeah, and that's what I was looking at to see how long they were there. 2021 is the end of their contracts. So as they come off the books in Houston, probably they're both uh, older as well. Uh, as they're starting to, to get to that point, it's when the Mariners should be ascending. So it could work out in our favor, but uh, just the division still loaded for bear. Uh, nobody, nobody blinking as as this goes forward. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of the Astros, we got them coming up this weekend. We are uh, the Mariners head to Houston and then have the Padres here at home uh, next week. They are uh, off today, Thursday. We're recording a little bit late this week because uh, of the trade deadline uh, yesterday. And then, uh, but the uh, Mariners actually on a bit of an upswing. Mark, who we got to we got to talk about this. They went on a six-game winning streak, uh, including that sweep of the Tigers I mentioned before, finally losing to the Rangers uh, on uh, on Wednesday night. Not a bad run for the M's. No, great, great run, winning seven of the last nine. Uh, you know, it just finally coming together after the All Star break. They they really had a big slump after the the break. So yeah, it was uh, like good, a mini May. Kind of, yeah, mini, mini May, but you know, it wasn't that bad. But yeah, I feel you. Um, but it was a. Uh, it's good to see them kind of get rejuvenated, and it was good to see that happen because it also increased their trade value at the deadline. Um, you know, people are kind of aware of that going to going into those games. So. 
Uh, great situation for the Mariners. You got to hope they keep it up. You know, soon they're going to be doing the the promotions uh, probably at the beginning of September. Yeah, the uh, call-ups. You know, the, the, the call-ups from, from the Mariners and all that stuff. So uh, the process is it's full on. Yeah, that game they uh, they lost the one going out. That was actually Wade LeBlanc uh, lost that one. He only was able to pitch for four uh, four and a third innings on that game Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Gave up six runs in four of a third innings on ten hits. All of them earned uh, one walk, one strikeout, two home runs uh, in the beginning of right. that game. Only lasted into the fourth. Not going to win a lot of games that way. Uh, but... Yeah, and the, and the big problem is you know we traded Elias and Strickland and you know Wade. You know, he had he had a tough break that time, but you know our, our bullpen's going to take an immediate hit, immediate hit with that trade. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's gonna a be, bullpen. It's going to be tough stretch. Yeah, and that's not a bullpen that one would consider quality uh, anyway going forward. So it's, it could be could be a, a bumpy times in the back of the bullpen. But in this one, you'd hope LeBlanc would would hang in. Did not. So uh, that's okay. I'll take seven out of nine in the middle of this season for uh, for the Mariners anytime. So as we said. Uh, Three-game series coming up on the road against Astros, and then they are back here at T-Mobile Park next Tuesday, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, for a short two-game series against the Padres. Chance to get down there and see uh, uh, see Manny Machado uh, for the first time in his Padres uniform playing here at, at T-Mobile. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, take a break from the baseball for a second and uh, talk about the the other big news here is that the Seahawks training camp officially opened last week down at the VMAC in Renton. Uh, everybody reported, uh, not everybody played, and uh, we got to go to our man Guru because we got the big news. We got to talk the Bobby Wagner contract. Uh, we got to talk about the CJ Collier injury, and he's got our quarterback preview for the year. So hang on, Marku, and let's uh, let's get the Guru on the line. All right, Marku, apparently Guru's having a bit of a problem uh, with his phone at the moment. We are going to call him back in a few minutes when he gets somewhere where it's going to be a little bit easier to talk. But let's just go on because we got too much to talk about to wait around for him. Let's just let's just move on to uh, move on to the Storm, who are coming off a uh, the WNBA All-Star break this past weekend in Vegas. So not a lot going on for them, but both Storm players played pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah. so to, basically to cover the game, Team Wilson beat Team Deladon. Uh, it was a close game, 129 to 126. Uh, Jewel Lloyd started. She went two for 11, not so hot. Uh, went six, had six points, three assists, uh, three rebounds on Team Deldon. And Tasha Howard, she was a beast as always. Uh, she, went, she went six for 10, had 14 points, six, uh, six rebounds for Team Wilson. You know, it was a historic, it was a historic game for the WNBA All Star game. There was like four players that had over 25 points. This is a really exciting game. Played in Vegas, so great atmosphere and great fun fun city obviously so uh good good great great opportunity for those two ladies you know represent the teams because you know sue bird and brianna stewart couldn't right. be there normally so. it would be the mvp and the goat but they are both, uh, yeah. both sidelined at the moment absolutely so that sets them up uh, for the second half of the season. The uh, the Storm currently sitting at third place in the Western Conference. They've got a home game uh, on Friday uh, against the Mystics up in Everett, and then a road game on Sunday uh, against the Sparks. So the home game this weekend, uh, check them out, get them started on the uh, the right foot uh, to uh, to go forward. This team hanging around even without their stars. Uh, nice to see from the Storm. And, uh, and of course, Natasha Howard, uh, always great to watch. So uh, make sure you catch that if you get the chance. So that moves yeah, us. Go ahead. Oh, my, no, my bad. I was just thinking, like, like Natasha Howard, she's pushing to make an MVP effort. Uh, you know, she's, she has an MVP campaign going right now. If she can hold on and keep the storms, you know, atop of the Western Conference, 
we might have a third MVP on this team. See, and that's what I think it is. If the team can can win and hold on, then she's in the discussion. You know what I mean? If they if they Definitely. they they hover or drop, you know, around five hundred, it doesn't matter. You can be the best player. You still got to be on the winning team. You know what I mean? And she is mm-hmm. she's incredibly valuable to this team. It it's all, it all goes back to that how you define most valuable. You know, but it's usually usually going to come from a winning team. So if the if the if the if the storm can make it. Uh, to the playoffs and have a high seed, then then you got to think Natasha Howard is is in that discussion. Yeah, she brings the power. She just brings that. She brings a force to that team. Like whenever she's out there, it's just like they they they, they play so much bigger when she's on the court. We got such a, like fast guards out there, but when she's out there, Natasha Howard's just dominating the boards, kind of just you know being the center of action in the, in the middle of the paint. All right, so from the uh, from the storm to the Sounders, let's uh, let's talk a little. If we can't talk football, let's talk a little football. What do you say? Uh, so the uh, <laughs> the Sounders currently sitting in second place in the Western Conference, thirty eight points. Uh, they are a full eleven behind the LAFC, but still second place in the Western Conference, sitting kind of pretty. Hey, the team's doing pretty well. Um, you know, second half push, I always say. This is when the Sounders come alive. Yeah, Last they got their they, got their uh, got their international players back uh, as well, and that really seemed to spark them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Rui Diaz, uh, Raul Rui Diaz coming back from injury and all that stuff is huge. You know, he seems, he seems to be fully healthy. All that stuff. Uh, last last match, we uh, we beat the Dynamo one nothing on the road. Jordan Morris had a goal in the 59th minute. So teams teams hot. We you know we had, we had an unfortunate week the week before. We lost. Uh, BVB the friendly game and then we lost uh, the the timber lost the Timbers. Yeah, that Timbers loss the, always hurts, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Team's still hot though. Uh, you know, we've jumped the Galaxy with that win last week, uh, and we got a big game at home this weekend against Sporting KC. They're not a great team, so it should be a win. But we've lost to them quite a bit in the last few years, so uh, <laughs> they they do have our number. It's also hard to talk about this Sounders team this year and know what team is going to show up. You know, they they mm-hmm. seem to they seem to play almost at the level of their competition. So, uh, you know, the uh, the team coming in, uh, Sporting KC, KC, not being a particularly good team, kind of worries me. You know, I, I like I like them when they have to play better, and I just we don't need them relaxing. This is a team they should beat. Let's beat this team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we sit comfortably in the standings right now, but. Yeah, you want to see this team like really just kind of show that Mamba instinct, you know, the second half of the season. All right, so uh, that game, as we said, is Sunday uh, against Sporting KC uh, down there at CenturyLink. Uh, check that out. Support the Sounders going forward. Uh, again, making a playoff run, making a, a push to the playoffs here in the second half of the season in the MLS. Now let's, uh, you know, the other soccer team that's playing in in these areas, uh, they're making their new home down in Tacoma. The Rain FC got a shot in the arm this weekend when World Cup champion Golden Boot, Golden Everything, uh, President Megan Rapino uh, returned to Tacoma for the Rain FC uh, down there for the, for Saturday's game. Not what they were hoping for in a return, though. Not at all. It was, uh, I mean, so Rapino just came back for like a homecoming and she didn't actually play in the game. Uh, they, they got smacked up four to nothing to Chicago Red Stars. Uh, the president, you know, didn't have a great, great viewing. And it, the, the bad part was it was a huge sellout. They like had standing room, all this stuff opened up because everyone was so excited for Maggie to come back after the World Cup win. So a tough, tough loss at home. Um, you know, the, the team is in fifth place right now in the WSL and they need to be in fourth place to make a playoff spot. And that they're one spot out. They're one point out out of uh, playoff spot. 
they're only six points out from, from the lead. So it's a very tight, you know, it's a very tight competition at the top of the women's soccer league right now. And uh, the rain kind of need to find, find their consistency soon. Cause uh, l- lately they haven't had that at all. Well, they've got a, they've got a, a road match coming up this week. Yeah. Road match this week against uh, Houston dash. And uh, you know, they've had some very unlucky uh, pr- results against the dash lately. So a uh, big, big game. Um, you know, like I said, they need this to kind of stay in that playoff picture. Uh, we, we, you know, second half of the season, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Maybe Rapino will be the savior if she uh, is able to get on this pitch soon. Well, shit, she beat uh, she beat the world. Uh, I, I would hope <laughs> she could. I hope she could beat the uh, the Houston Dash and the North Carolina Courage. You know what I mean? Uh, so let's I hope see. So. Currently, right now, the Rain's sit in fifth place. As you said, uh, the top four. Uh, make the playoffs here, so they've got work to do. They are only a point back of the Washington Spirit and only a point up on the Houston Dash. So this uh, this game this weekend actually pretty important to uh, to the the playoff standings moving forward uh, to keep Definitely. them keep them ahead of the Dash. Yeah, and, and uh, another uh, interesting note: after the Women's World Cup, ESPN actually picked up a bunch of women's soccer league games, and this game will be actually on ESPN News, so it'll be televised nationally. Not on the you know biggest network, but it's something. Doesn't matter. You get a chance to see it. Get down there if you can't get down to Cheney Stadium, and at least we uh, at least we have a chance to see the uh, the team play. Definitely. Hey, speaking of uh, Cheney Stadium, the other soccer team that plays in Cheney Stadium is the uh, the woefully bad Tacoma Defiance. Uh, tell me something good about this team, Marku. I got nothing, man. I got absolutely <laughs> nothing for you. I know. They are not the dead year. Last 18th place in the USL. Only 14 points in 21 matches. Uh, you know, the last the last game they lost two to nothing to the OKC Energy. The only thing I got to say is like that's positive is maybe like that two games ago they they actually had a win that was surprising. Um, but that's about it. The team's really suffering. The you know I got they got an amazing logo. That's that's one thing. All right, we say that every week. That's a, that's the good yeah. thing about this team. <laughs> Best logo in sports, man. Love the uh, love the Tacoma Defiance logo, uh, but unfortunately, yeah, not a uh, not a particularly good season uh, for that team. And, and as you said, last place. Uh, but you know, upcoming road match against Orange County uh, uh, on tomorrow on Friday. So uh, anything can happen. Uh, keep playing, and uh, you know, at least buy the gear. It looks good. Yeah, I mean, like we, like like we've said in the past, they uh, they they had a lot of transitions with people going up to the MLS and getting opportunities there so you know it's just been a tough season for 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 the defiance you, you know hiccups i don't know how to explain it you're dead last and it's pretty bad yeah you're dead last <laughs> things are not going your way uh so they'll yeah. have to figure it out in the off season and uh see if they could improve on that hey nowhere to go but up right hey I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I've been a Philly. I've been a Philly sports fan for a long time. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move over to our, our minor league wrap up in baseball. Talk to me a little bit about the Rainiers. How are they doing? Rainiers are trending downwards right now. They've lost six of the last eight. Uh, it's hard to imagine, Rainier. given the guys that are coming and going. Exactly, and that's that's basically the issue right now. There's a lot of transition going on, but they did get a replenishment in the farm system, so. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, they, they've lost six of the last eight. Last swept by Reno, lost two out of three to Sacramento. Uh, currently playing Omaha in a three-game series, and the, the, that's the split series right now. They're playing a rubber game as we speak. Um, but, yeah, just a, you know, just a weird season for the Rainiers, just kind of being the development team, letting people come in and out. Um, but they got some – they got an upcoming home game, home series against Iowa this, this weekend, Friday through Monday. So definitely get down there for that if you can. 
Yeah, as tough as this process is on the big league club, on, on Mariners and their fans, it's even it's even tougher on the minor league because they are really just a pass through. They got to be ready when guys move. They got it's just hard to develop the kind of consistency you would want on a season when when the the big club is going haywire. You know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, they, as you said, have a four game series at home against Iowa uh, this weekend. Uh, always a good time at Cheney Stadium. I love uh, I love going down there. Great place to watch baseball. Uh, even when the baseball's bad, it's still a great place to watch baseball. Hey, uh, so uh, tell me about the other minor league team. Now I'm going the other direction uh, up there in Everett, the Aqua Sox. Aqua Sox are also trending downwards in the last week. They, uh, they they've lost. They're on a five game losing streak right now. They've lost six of their last nine. Uh, they won two out of three against Vancouver last week on the road, and then but then lost two out of three against Tri Cities, and currently playing against Hillsborough in a four game series, and they've lost three in a row against them right now. So just struggling right now. Uh, one exciting note: uh, King Felix is is going to be pitching for them. I think he's pitching up tonight, actually. So I'm not, I'm going to have to give you an update on that next week, but. Love to see how that goes. Probably, yeah. yeah, probably won't be a lot of uh, probably won't be a lot of pitches up there, and hopefully he can uh, get it together uh, and start moving back up the chain. We can see him at least we can see him in Seattle at the end of his contract here, uh, going out. Cheer for uh, cheer for the King uh, last couple of times here at uh, at T-Mobile Park. I think that uh, would love to see him get back to the big club to finish out the season here with 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 the Mariners. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think it'll happen though. <laughs> He's uh, we're, we're processing. We should not have this old man go up there. I mean, I think we're gonna see him get get a couple of more. We're paying outs, him. Outings. We're paying him so damn much money. Let him pitch every five days. Who cares? I guess maybe every like every, maybe every three weeks. Let's give him like two more outings at T-Mobile Field so we can give him a big hurrah. We'll make, I mean, we'll I, make I him the opener. Is this even his last year of his contract? Like, I can't even like I'm not even sure about that. Does I'm he pretty have another sure. Year? Like, no, I'm pretty sure oh, this man. is the the last year of his contract, and that's part of the problem uh, is that he, well, he can't be traded. Well, either way, he's playing with the Oxstocks, and you know what? You know this is the last. Uh, they have one more. The Oxstocks have one more series before the All Star break, so maybe Felix is just trying to make that All Star game. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, starting pitcher for the Double A All uh, All Star Game, or is Aquasox? Uh, no, Aquasox is single A. Single a. <laughs> yeah, the starting pitcher for the Single A is a uh, perfect game throwing King Felix Hernandez. Uh, good luck, yes. guys. It's like a, a handful of applause. Yeah, right. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Who? Well, all right. Well, that's what we got this week uh, for baseball. Let's uh, let's see if we can get the guru one more time uh, before we get out of here, Marku. Hang on just a second. Yeah, let's give that guy a second try. Guru, guru, are you there, my man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fellas, man, it's been a while, man. It's been what a whole week already. There he is. <laughs> there yeah, he is. <laughs> at least a week. <laughs> it's been at least a week, Guru. Thanks for joining us here on the Wash. Remember, you can find the Guru every week on Trash Talk Radio with me. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find the Guru on Instagram every day at Guru's Film Room. Guru's Film Room on Instagram. It's just his thoughts. Just his thoughts. How you doing, buddy? Man, I am living the dream, y'all. Don't pinch me right now, man. I am literally living the dream. It's football season, man. Are you freaking serious? Don't wake me up, please, because I'm so happy. I don't got to hear about LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard for another two months, man. (laughs) It is, of course, your time of the year. The camps are open. Uh, Seahawks reported last week, last Thursday, talked about this on last week's show that they were going to get there. They are there now, man. So, uh... You made it. 
Guru, you made it. Football season is upon us. Yes, day six, day six. We just finished completing day six of our Seahawks camp, man. I just actually rolled through renting. All the fans were there this morning, man. It was exciting. I was late for work because of all them Seahawks, all them 12s singing and dancing out there, man. I'm super jacked up, fellas. If you haven't been to uh, to the VMAC for uh, for a summer camp, by the way, it is a lot of fun. It uh, I, Just to get down there and see the guys and, and watch them practice, it's a, it's a good way to spend a day. It, there's a bit of a rigmarole to get there with the busing, but it's it's totally worth it. It's it's a good, a good way to spend an afternoon in the summertime. But, Guru, it is not only football season, as you like to say, it is check season, and the uh, the biggest That's check check season, the biggest check of all fell this week in the way of uh, of Bobby Wagner, who did resign. As we said, they did the right thing and uh, and resigned Bobby Wagner. What do you think of this deal, Guru? Man, 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 man! Absolutely, Pete and Schneider, man. That's why they're one of the best front office in the universe not only football but basketball baseball any type of things that this that you have a ball and you need a front office george and pete are always going to be one of the top tiers man so i love what we did because we just made our core guys they just rephrased their core guys from the sherman days and the michael bennett days to uh, the cam chancellor days and earl to now having a pure core group moving into the next chapter of this episode, meaning Bobby Wagner, the highest paid middle linebacker in the history of middle linebackers, is in Seattle. Just like we have the highest paid quarterback for our offense, now we got the highest paid analogy quarterback for our defense in our middle linebackers. So guess what? If you're in Seattle and you are the best, you going to get paid, baby. You going to get paid. So this is a three-year, $54 million extension uh, with, with $40.25 million in guarantees. Uh, I, what I love about this is he negotiated it himself. He went, in, he went in and did it himself. He ain't got no agent. You talked to Bobby. Bobby got it done. And Bobby got it done. This is a, now, it's only three years, though, Guru. What do you think of that? Come again? I'm sorry, I just missed that. Go and repeat that. I said it's only three years. What do you think of that? Oh, yeah, that's that's actually perfect because B. Wagner is 30 now, going on to that age. And you know B. Wagner is one of those guys that don't get off the field. And throughout the, the history of the success in Seahawks have, he has played many games. So he's 30, but his body's probably going on 35, 40, you know, because he has made plenty of tackles. And, you know, with the Seahawks, going deep in the playoff runs those few years, that means you get to play extra games than the other guys, per se. So, yes, he's young in age, but you can, you can never beat Father time. I don't care. Nobody's, not everybody's Tom Brady, all right? There's only one Tom Brady. So, with that said, I think three years is a perfect deal because by that time, we all love B. Wagner, but you all know, Lestro, well, we all in our 30s except you, Marku. The, the, the pain start hurting a little bit more. It's harder to get up, and now you hard to get up. Hell, I make noise when I sit down now. <laughs> exactly. So I think the length of the contract is absolutely perfect because, in uh, as much as I love Bobby Wagner, I do believe his prime is this next three years. After that, I think he's going to be more of in a decline, and the Seahawks are positioning themselves. 
for that transition. So I love every aspect of that move. Just because the team is so young, we don't have anyone else really that's going to deserve that type of money coming up in the next few years. We already took care of Russ. We already took care of uh, B-Wag. Every other guy is young right now. So the Seahawks are positioning themselves very well moving forward. Yeah, not only did uh, uh, Bobby Wagner get a, a great contract, Marku was saying before, he got a great pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if you guys saw them. They're all gold. They got the Jordan brand sent them over. It's because he got the 99 rating on the Madden. Yeah, from, like, we had to re-sign him. That guy is that guy's just incredible. He's a monster out there, and he's got yeah. golden shoes. You can't, you can't lose with that. You know what? That's actually good because Bobby Wagner, even though he negotiated his contract, but he was getting help from other people as well. He mentioned Steve Ballmer is one of the marquee guys he reached out to during the negotiation process. Also, MJ Jordan was one of the other guys he reached out to. So he was a very intelligent man, which he, we know he is. He reached out to other intelligent people to help him out. And the good thing about him doing this contract by himself, not only did he make that 40, 40.2 whatever guarantee up front, but you not having that agency, that 3%. <laughs> so he gets to keep Keep that 3%. And, uh, you know, you got to get taxed for that. But he got to keep that 3% in a state where there's no income tax. So, Bobby Wagner, you are the fucking man, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, Guru, I got to ask. Last week, uh, Lester mentioned that, you know, when you do have these, when you are your own agent, everything gets put out on the table. Is there anything, you know, lingering from that? Everything good with, like, you know, GM? Oh, no, no, no. I think I, Lester actually hit a good point. Because Bobby Wagner is such a pro, and I love how he handled this whole situation. Even during the OTS, he showed up like a pro. He didn't participate, but he was there to teach the younger guys. Because that's what that's what you got to do as a real pro. He showed the indication that he wanted to be here. There was no inclination that he was looking at anywhere else of any interest. Right. His whole thing is, we, he knew this was a business, so he handled himself accordingly while Schneider and Pete were working the numbers in the back end to make sure everything is fit. And when Pete was talking, I was keeping up with Pete throughout this process, and there was not one ounce of him not saying B. Wagner will be signed. And like we said last week, last year, if B. Wagner is sitting across from you and you're Pete and you're Schneider, best believe you're going to give him an offer that he can't reject. Yeah. There right. is no counter offer. It's this offer. Yeah. And the next question is, do you want a blue or black ink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever color ink it was, good to have Bobby Wagner signed uh, for the next four years now because he signed through this year plus the three-year uh, extension now. So so four more years uh, with Bobby Wagner here on the Seattle Seahawks is a future Hall of Famer, future uh, Ring of Famer, and hopefully future uh, second Super Bowl champ. He is a five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro uh, Great to have him back on the Seahawks. One of the best players in football. The quarterback of the defense uh, need him out there on the field. All right, Guru, before we actually get to the quarterbacks, that's what we want to talk about, too. We had a bit of a scare uh, here in camp uh, last week, like right off the bat, when C.J. Collier went down with what appeared to be a scary injury. They're saying it's now a high uh, high ankle uh, injury. What's uh, what right. are we What are we talking about here? Man, the guru hates high ankle sprain, man. I've been a victim of high ankle sprain, man. LJ Collier, good thing for us, he's not a defensive back. Because if he was a defensive back with a high ankle sprain, that means he's basically going to be injured all season. That is one of the most annoying injuries you could have. It plagues you throughout. There's no 
remedy for it other than just, you know, therapy, but there's no surgery, anything of that nature. It's just you got to go know your own pain threshold because it will be lingering all year. It's just like a twisted ankle in basketball, but for football, it's a, we do, and you get more of the high ankle sprint aspect of things. So um, the great thing is LJ Collier, what we've had him for is to hold and for the, uh, for the rush. He's our hold our edge. So we don't necessarily need him to be quick and use his ankle as that. We just need him to make sure his biceps and chest muscles are working because we need him to hold up guys. We got Ziggy Answer to do the sack in the quarterback. That's why we don't want his ankle to be injured. But for this situation, it's a scare, like you said, and we just survived this scare, and he will be all right throughout the season, even though he will be playing the same throughout this season. Yeah, Pete Carroll called this a, quote, rare sprain. He said it's a badly sprained ankle, and it was in an awkward position, and they said it's going to take some weeks to, f- to figure it out there. They're not sure when he's going to be back, but he's going to miss some weeks. So we shouldn't plan on seeing him for the uh, the first couple games of the season, I would imagine, but at least it's it could have been much worse. So this is, uh, if, not, if not a best-case scenario, a better-case scenario anyway for the, uh, for the high ankle sprain. You know what? Uh, a kickback, get off your feet. We, we're going to need you in November and December and hopefully January. So that's uh, a absolutely. absolutely take September that's off if you really need to, is. LJ. <laughs> All right, so Guru, let's uh, we've been doing our our, our previews here uh, at camp, talking about it, and uh, we had a lot going on this week. So I thought we'd uh, we do an easy one uh, this week. We did the uh, we did the running backs, we did the wide receivers. Let's talk a little bit about the quarterbacks. I imagine that this is an easy one. Uh, we got we got Geno Smith. What else do we need, right? Yeah, we got Gino, we got Paxton Lynch. Those are the three guys. Obviously, the the richest man in football, Russell Wilson. Oh, right, Russ. He's the starter. My bad. Yeah, yeah, you (laughs) forgot. You named everyone. You said Gino Smith. No, 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 no. Don't get that twisted. Marku, what are you doing giving less for this Gino Smith Jets nonsense? (laughs) Don't confuse. Don't ever confuse Gino for Russell, okay? Well, that's what I mean. That's why this is – Hey, man. I am not proud of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is what I yeah. Even the Jets fan not excited that Geno's on the team. This is what I mean though. This is an easy one. We've got Russell Wilson. I guess the question is about the the backup battle and what what are we seeing in that Guru? So what do we see? This I think the I think it's already kind of setting stone. I think Paxton Winch will be the Seahawks are going to only carry two quarterbacks because we need extra position. You might need an extra lineman here. Uh, now we have LJ Carley is going to be out for a while. And we know Jerron Reed is going to be out for six weeks. So now we're only going to keep two quarterbacks um, because we need that extra roster position to add on more depth. So I see Geno Smith being the second quarterback. Just the fact that just his experience, even even though we laughed at him, but he has uh, has had success in the league, as little as he has, but he has had success. And worst-case scenario, we're only looking for a Band-Aid if anything happens. We're looking for someone to come mess uh, to take two plays while Russell is getting checked out for a concussion or something and then get his ass back in the game. So with that said... Right. With Somebody that can hand the ball off. Exactly. Somebody that can take a snap and say hi. And Paxton Lynch right now, I don't know how about how he, I, we never seen him take a snap, even in college. So we don't want nothing to do with him. The only thing we want him to be, be a practice body guy. So when we go against the Jared Goff, those type of prototype quarterbacks, we have someone that can give us a good look. So in a sense, yeah, this is real easy. We're Russell Wilson has spoiled us because we have not seen him lead the field. He's always been there every single season, played every game, and we expect that to continue. 
So basically what we're saying about the quarterback preview is we hope we never see nobody else in Seattle until Russell <laughs> Wilson retire. That's ever that's what ever that's what we always want for a quarterback preview is Russell Wilson and everybody else never ever to be seen or heard from. Yeah, you see Geno Smith running in for your team, it's never a good sign. Uh but I think I think he's the right one to back up Ross. And and I always think it's weird when a team uh, has a backup quarterback who's got a different style of play than the starting quarterback. You know, like if you've got a guy like Russell Wilson who's going to run around and scramble and throw the ball, you don't want the backup quarterback being a dude who just drops into the pocket and holds still. You know, you need a guy that can at least run that offense for a couple of plays because the offense is built for a quarterback who's going to move. I think Geno Smith, even at, at – even with even at his age and with the stench of the Jets still on him, uh, I think that he uh, is the right the right guy to back up for the number two position. It, it's kind it's kind of funny you say that. You know, Geno Smith is younger than Russ. Russ is thirty. Gino Get out of here. So yes, Geno is younger than Russ. Remember, Russ did the whole four year, five year college situation. So Russ was a, you know, he was an educator in a sense. While Gino was trying to get that bag, he left school early of success. But Russ, you know, he transferred, went to school for five years, which is rare in, in, in this athletic uh, uh, frame. But just to let you know, Russ is older than Gino. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's a, you know what, Russ, uh, I'll tell you what, stay in school, kids. Russ got that bag. He uh, eventually was the one who ended up as the highest paid player. So, hey, look at me learning things, uh, guru teaching me things uh, every time we talk to here, uh, talk to him here on The Wash. Uh, that's going to do it for uh, the, us on The Wash this week. We are uh, out of time, out of show. So, uh, my thanks to both the guru for joining us. If you're looking for the guru, you can find him with me on Trash Talk Radio every week, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find him at Guru's Film Room every day. It's just his thoughts. Just his thoughts. Guru, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. And one model we got from this um, CR segment is stay in school, kids, and you get that bag. B. Wagner is a four-year guy. Russell Wilson is a five-year guy. You graduate college, you will get that bag. Stay in school and get that bag. Thanks again, and special thanks, of course, to Mark Koo, uh, uh talking with us, uh, as always, here. You can find Mark Koo on the Twitter at uh, Seattle's Sports. That's Seattle S Sports on Twitter. Until next time, Mark Koo, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, Lester. Thank you. My name is Lestro for the whole crew here. If it comes out in Seattle sports, if it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in the wash. Thanks for listening.